0: Well, I look forward to meeting you on the on the 13th. We're going to have to have a beer. I am not opposed to that in any regard. <laughs> All right, then. <man. laughs> well, make sure you do it. Right. I'll see you
1: then. Upon a motorbike last night, it was made after the show. When we checked back and headed to Ontario. While we run the shoreline wide, Lake Superior at our side, hear the sound of the road become a stereo. On a cold October reef under the lights of Montreal. All for all. Now the club refused to pay for the show that we had played. Then they tossed us to the gutter, drunk and underpaid. Hung <laughs> over our we pressed to flee that city fast. When we checked the clubman's back crew, set it up at last. Ten miles ago
2: my name is paul mckenzie i'm the lead singer of the real mckenzie's and i've been at this since 1992 i can't
0: believe it yeah
2: you know time flies when you're having a good time i guess we're well, sometimes a bad time <laughs> but you know it's all relative. it's all relative
0: time flies regardless
2: the days of our lives run over the hills like wild horses
0: nice who wrote that
2: charles Bukowski.
0: oh okay cool cool stuff man um, now I was just having a look at the uh, punk and Drlic tour uh, information uh, is Vancouver the only uh, date that you guys are playing
2: it's the only game we're gonna play on this one we just finished the European tour
0: okay yeah. so well, b- as it turns
2: out uh, um, um, it, it's only weekends so we have to to uh, to keep our, ourselves alive we have to pick up uh, other gigs during the week, right. And those gigs didn't really didn't really pan out as well as one of them to. Uh, number one being because uh, the p two work visas, they take a long time to to produce, and it's we're kind of under the the radar on that. Right. And there's no way that I'm going to America without proper documentation.
0: <laughs> no kidding. I I'm, I literally was just at the uh, passport office this, myself uh, earlier today because I have to do a bit of a drive this summer. So I want to make sure I've got all my uh, T's crossed and my I's dotted properly.
2: You know what? Because if they're not, basically they'll
0: you. Yeah, yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean I'm going to no, have this, my...
2: This, this, they'll take all your gear, you know, keep you out of the country for seven years, and they may charge you with a criminal offense. You, know, you never know what's going on with those guys. But um, I remember back in the okay. 70s, we used to, uh, there was Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego. And we would tour up and down all the time. <clears throat> Everyone was supportive, you know, we all stay at each other's houses and stuff. And so it it really um opened up the door for an excellent punk rock scene, not only here but as far down as Los Angeles. Yeah. And it grew from that. But ever since nine uh, yeah. eleven new ball game all together.
0: Yeah.
2: And then with uh with the Trump administration it's even worse now. So uh, you know, they're they're on the doorstep of practicing isolationism again.
0: Yeah. It's not cool, and unfortunately, well, fortunately, I'm going to have my family with me, so I'm going to make sure that uh, everything goes smoothly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some family in Wisconsin, but um, you know, we'll see what happens and how things go. But I mean, like say, if there's no, uh, if there's no work visas, we can't do it. No. And so, um, unfortunately, we, we have to forfeit that tour with them
0: yeah um just a, a, talking about touring um it seems like uh up until the spring you guys seem to do like a west coast touring circuit and you guys did every little small town in alberta and bc you played um Le- you played lethbridge and grand prairie all sorts of places like that do you feel that it's important for a band as big as you guys to play like smaller venues in as many places as possible
2: Well, you know, there's a couple of ways of looking at that. One is uh, the intimacy um, of the gig and, of course, you know, the support of the people, and they really appreciate it. But number two is if you're on the way to a larger gig and you can pick up a smaller gig and pick up a hotel room and a meal and a a gig and maybe sell some merch, why not?
0: Yeah, helps grease the wheels. rather than
2: being holed up in... uh, bus somewhere or something so uh, this is the philosophy behind that and uh it, not to mention the support and the uh the intimacy of it you know it's uh, i think it's pretty cool
0: nice nice now i read earlier that you say that you there's been upwards of a hundred different musicians have performed that you've performed with in the band like how much truth is there to that 92
2: since 92 i've broken over 100 men. Really, wow. Well, for one reason or another, you know, sometimes touring—you know—the way that we tour relentlessly—it can—it can affect you in, in uh, various uh, different ways, depending on what you consume, and uh, some some guys just went right off the deep end, and some guys said, "The hell with this! I want a real job and a family," and some guys. You know, just they—they they, they just got tired. You know, they, hit, they got old.
0: Yeah, twenty-five plus and, years uh, is—you know—well, you
2: know, it's—it's well, you know, it's, literally, it really is burning the candle on both ends yeah. every day, man. And uh, you know, the way that we do it, sometimes, like, take for example, on our last European tour, we left uh, Elkmar, Netherlands, drove to Dunkirk caught the ferry over to Dover, drove up to Blackpool, and on the way to Blackpool, some crazy person jumped out of the, on the M6 and stabbed four motorcyclists. What? A car swerved to, to avoid them, and it hit the mer- meridian and blew up. So we got caught in traffic for nine hours. Oh. And that was after driving from Elkmar. We were expected to go to Blackpool and get a night's sleep before the show. No. It oh man so um, yeah and if you if if you can't do that and you know it really affects different people different ways so you know in all of those uh, many people that have been in the band and that I really can't blame them for wanting to have a real life
0: no kidding (laughs) whoa (laughs) that was heavy man (laughs) (laughs) It's,
2: it's far too late for me though Far too late.
0: Right. Um, now, talking about America and uh, just different band members and such, there's a rumor that you recently fired all all your American band members. Is that true? Uh,
2: well, we've, uh, <laughs> we've had our ups and downs and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there have been, you know, a couple of members like that, that I'm still on good terms with, but there are a few that I'm not. Right. And it's... Uh, it's generally because what they did was they got together and they played this America's best thing. You know, oh, okay that arrogant American thing. Right. And it just didn't it, it didn't ring well with me being a Scottish Canadian and it didn't ring well with any of the Europeans. Right. Um, you know, people people that we uh we dealt with and and do business with and stuff. So eventually, you know, it was it was inevitable that they would be traveling down their own path on their own way. But um, as it stands now, um, a couple of tours ago, I picked up uh, a couple of really cool cats who just happened to be American. And right now, we've got a guy called Matt Voodoo who was born in California. We've got another guy called Carl from Washington, D.C. Uh landy steppus lives in new york although he's canadian but you know the reality of it is that it's not it's not an american thing it's a personal thing yeah you know yeah. i'm sure that if i had these <coughs> these um you know arrogant individuals it wouldn't matter what country they came from it would be the arrogance and and just um General uncomfortability of it, so in that sense, it made it as incompatible, and it also put um, rifts in the band as it stood at the time. And I can't help that.
0: No, no, definitely. You have to
2: be congenial and helpful and friendly, yeah. and all of these things to keep this uh, this thing happening. And I
0: mean, let's face it;
2: it's tough up as it is without having to deal with egos and stuff. So
0: right. I mean yeah. I'm very much of the philosophy that music should be uniting in fact one of my very favorite well, quotes is from uh, yeah, Lenny it, should
2: be a band. It, it shouldn't be a, a you know a couple of guys you know clacking off about how great they are all the time and stuff yeah um, we operate as a unit we all load gear we all you know help on the merch we, you know, we all drive when necessary and uh, just being congenial and helpful and nice it really helps yeah uh, especially when you're on a long tour you know and especially the way that we tour because sometimes we do two or three shows a day man
0: that's that's a tough tour schedule man Wow <laughs> yeah. one of my one of my favorite yeah. quotes is by uh, from well it was by Lemmy and he said uh, it used to be us against the cops it didn't matter what kind of music you made it was us against the cops and then as soon as, like, you yeah. let all this, like, stupid little stuff kind of interfere with that, it became, becomes us against us against us against the cops. So he's just he's <laughs> commenting on, like, it doesn't matter what kind of music you should oh, play. Yeah. It should always be us yeah, against them. Yeah, that
2: kind of negativity. It yeah. That kind of negativity just perpetuates itself. And before you know it, you're, you're in a bowl of shit in hell. So yeah. it's, it's nice to be nice.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, i got a couple of questions about uh, Rats in the Burlap. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Up on a motorbike.
2: Uh, what is it?
0: Well, I mean, it's
2: it, a I story mean, uh, about a promoter that didn't pay, Uh-oh. so it took his motorbike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's it. All right, that's... Uh, and, um, that that kind of that answers that question i mean uh there's I've, I've watched so many different films uh about like just traveling on motorcycles and i was listening to that song earlier today i'm like i gotta ask him about it so it's, it's literally about a promoter yeah, well, not um, fucking out
2: i'm an avid motorcyclist and have been since i was a child
0: right so
2: uh yeah i've even got uh i've got one outside of my house right now it's a real beast it's a monster nice It's, uh, it's, it, it, you can die on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a,
2: if you, if you want to,
0: (laughs) do you have a favorite, uh, motorcycle company?
2: Um, well, uh, I, it's a good bike. I like it. I mean, I've owned lots and lots and lots of different motorcycles, right? All kinds of British stuff, all kinds of Japanese stuff, all kinds of Italian stuff. And, uh. So you know, if it's if it's
0: a high quality machine, I'm I'm gonna like it and take nice. good care of it. Nice. It's a fantastic answer. Um, mm-hmm. this tour, this Punk and Drublik tour, it's labeled as a craft beer tour. And as you may know, right now in Vancouver, Vancouver is like a hub for like Well, people are referring to it as Portland North in regards to like craft beer. Um, I know you like to drink beer. What do you think of the, the whole craft beer tour idea?
2: Well, it's a, a genius move by Mike. Having uh having a local craft beer uh supporting and uh, and offering new products and stuff. I think it's a, a pretty great move by him. Yeah. And uh it's um it, and it's good because craft beer is generally really good beer. I mean for those of us who like beer. Yeah. And um, that's me. Yep, <coughs> beer is one of my favorite drugs of choice.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know lots of guys who don't care what they're drinking; they're just drinking to get annihilated. And I always kind of look sideways at them. I'm like, well, I mean, I'd rather drink four or five really good beers than 15 or 16, you yep. know, cocaine. <laughs>
2: well, you know, that'll eventually catch up with you. That'll that'll catch up with your blood and your
0: liver. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah
2: it's good to. Uh, to I mean, I'm a complete advocate of responsible drinking. Yeah. But um, boy, I've seen them come and I've seen them go. You know, yeah. over uh, 28 years, actually, I've been involved in the music scene since 1974. So yeah, I've seen people just lose it, and you can't do that. Ooh. You have to kind of have respect for yourself, and make sure you eat properly, and uh, you know, screw yeah. your head on straight and stuff, and yeah. try not to get too crazy. But,
0: uh, you know, sometimes it happens. Yeah, it does. Um, speaking of uh, which, yeah. I wanted to... <laughs> um, I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about in, in that vein. The first one is, I want to talk to you about Shane McGowan. Uh, I read that you guys played with Shane McGowan. How was that? We played
2: with Shane McGowan on a few different occasions. And, uh, oh, here's a great story. Okay. Um, we were at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay, right. And Shane McGowan came into our dressing room, and he was annihilated. As and usual. And he put a cigarette on, uh, out on Dirty Kurt's kilt. Oh. And we all protested, like, you don't do that. I don't care do who you are. You don't do that. Get out. So he takes his drink and is spilling it all over the place, and he spills it all down the stairs and disappears. Well our bagpiper's wife goes down those stairs slips um extends her left leg her left knee and sued the promoter later for $85,000 holy
0: cow All because that's
2: one story that I've got of his but you know he's always been sort of AWOL um and you know they have a hard time looking for him that we we played with them in Scotland a while ago and Finally, found him. Like the band played, the Pope's played, yeah. But Shane wasn't with them, so when they found him, he took a chair in the middle of the stage and just started hitting the SM58 mic on the floor to the port and the starboard side of him, in uh, trying to keep time. And he thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought it was kind of pathetic. Yeah, you know, but I have nothing but respect for the guy and what he's done. I just hope that he can find himself before it's too late. You know? no, but you know, look like, he's still a legend, and people will go and, and see him. I just hope he can keep it together. You know?
0: Yeah. No, definitely. I'm a I'm a huge Shane McGowan fan. I love the Pogues have for a long time, but every time I hear stories about him, it just seems like he's an absolute mess.
2: Well, you know. The, you do the down, and then you do the up to counteract the down, and then you do the beers, and eventually that, yeah, it just turns you into a complete horror show. Yeah. And not only him, I mean, it's happened to so many other people, too. As for me, I don't like any of that stuff. No powder. Right. None of that, you know. I mean, I'm bad enough on the beer and the whiskey. Yeah,
0: that's, that's that should and be enough two, for anyone. Uh, those are
2: two animals that are you know hard enough to to tie down at the best of times. Uh, let alone going out and doing a bunch of promotional powder. Yeah, but uh, oh, man. yeah, I've had uh, a lot of band members that did that, and it became their downfall too. Yeah, you know, on a regular basis, it's just absolutely unacceptable. You know, not only on a physical level, but on a mental level as well, and social.
0: The, as well. I mean. There's nothing wrong with going out and having a few beers and playing in a band and having fun, but, like, if it just, like, turns your life into, you know, a train wreck, there's... I mean, it's the wrong thing. You shouldn't be doing it.
2: Well, yeah, you can end up with your train off the track and all burning at the side of the rails. Yeah, (laughs) That's it. And, it's like, really, it's happened to so many people, and it's kind of a shame that they put their, their art before their vices.
0: got a couple more questions for you here Paul and then I'll uh, I'll let you be for the evening oh, wait a minute
2: wait a minute I what? They put their vices before their art yes you have to excuse me I've been drinking
0: <laughs> well I don't know if you just heard me crack <laughs> one so <laughs> now the last time I saw you or last time I saw the, the real McKenzie's was at Dickens in Calgary because I live I, I live in the Okanagan right now. I live in uh, just north of Vernon in a town called Armstrong. And but I grew up in oh, Canada. No,
2: they make really good cheese there.
0: They used to. Well, they still still do at a place called the Village Cheese, but Armstrong cheese is is long gone now. Really? Yeah. That's what I said oh, when no. I first moved here. I was like, "Where's the cheese factory?" <laughs> That was award-winning Canadian
2: cheese. Yeah, and it, 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 that like, white cheddar was to die for.
0: Yeah, the comp- there's still a company here in town that makes really good cheeses, but it's called the Village Cheese.
2: Oh, yeah. Do they uh, do they import it to Canada through Vancouver?
0: They should. I wonder. I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah, Village man. Cheese. Okay, I got it. Right, thanks. Anyway, what I was getting to is, I grew up in Calgary, so whenever you guys would come to town, you generally would play Dickens. Yeah. And the last time no, I saw no, you guys, yeah, last time I saw you guys, they rang the last call bell, and you guys said, "No, we're not going to stop playing until you start serving booze again." And you did. You guys play <laughs> like I, I, it, it felt like an eternity. Like I, you Completely must have played for like illegal. an hour, and finally they started serving it again. But like it was like you would not, you guys would not stop playing. It, uh,
2: Those were the days. It, I really missed uh, doing that last tour. Um, normally, we did a St. Patrick's tour of Western Canada. Yeah, but uh, for some reason, it didn't work out this time.
0: Yeah, but that so was perhaps next time. That's my that's my memories of seeing uh, the real Mackenzies. Now, haggis. Haggis is a regular theme in most Scottish things, and on Rats in the Burlap. Uh, you sing a song about Bootsy, the Haggis stealing cat. Yep. What is your view on Haggis? Boots, well, Bootsy was a real cat. Oh yeah.
2: And uh, I made um, I made a Haggis supper, and I had a really nice big Haggis with all the tackies and neeps, and you know all the yeah. all the trimmings and stuff. <clears throat> and we were uh, we were listening to to Andy Stewart in the living room. And having a Ouija on the scotch. And the lassies had some dramby hay. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I go to check check on the haggis. And the f***ing cat, like this was a big cat, right? Yeah. And he took the f***ing haggis under the table and was just going at it like uh, a tiger in a a deer or something (laughs) and I went oh man I'm shooting him (laughs) away pick up the haggis and try to fix it oh man (laughs) and um so I timed it so that as they came into the kitchen I had just put the uh St. Andrew's Cross on it put a bit of Drambivi on it and flambed it to disguise the horrible scarring (laughs) but that cat that cat probably ate a quarter of that haggis. Oh, good God! And unfortunately, um, the next year he was an old cat, so he passed on into Kitty Haven. And uh, but yeah, that's a true story. Oh man, it's all true. I swear.
0: But so so you're a large like haggis advocate then?
2: Uh, well, um, yeah. Well, um, last January twenty
0: second, twenty fifth.
2: We had our haggis supper, and I went down to the Scots butcher, where and I know the guys there. And I says, "Okay, lads, Robbie Burns Day is over, and I know that you've got at least two dozen haggis, and you're not going to sell them.
1: No one's going to buy them.
2: <laughs> so I'll buy all of them, <laughs> but I'll not pay any more than two ninety nine a pound for them." right so they ended up selling them all to me oh man so um i packed my freezer full of haggis, and i could have burnt suppers whenever i wanted nice it was great that stuff and and all that you know and that's a good haggis so yeah i mean i'm sure you know some people don't like it because it's got somewhat of a reputation as being awful
0: well there's more horrible things in sausage (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but there's
2: good haggis and there's bad haggis, and yes. there's good hamburgers and bad hamburgers, and, quack, quack, quack. and I, uh, I generally get the good stuff, and um, there's a lot of people that I've, I've, you know, said, hey, I want you to try a little of this, and I said, you know, they're like, oh, what is that, that's really good, it's said, haggis, ooh, haggis, really? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's got a bad rap, man, yeah. but it's, uh, it's a really nice thing to eat. Uh, last time we were in Glasgow, I just had uh, a nice haggis up by uh, oh, Chris, what was his name was that called? But went mad. There were three layers of people doing the worm. What? And then people crowd surfing on top of that. <laughs> it was just off the rails. <laughs> they like us, there.
0: Yeah, man. Um, no, in my family, we, like, every year, right around, like, February, February, March, just when it starts getting, like, springy. Right, we uh, we always do a big haggis dinner. Um, when I moved out here uh, to Okanagan, cool. uh it was hard to find people who actually would come to a haggis dinner with me. And then my kid brother finally moved out, so we'll still do a big, we'll still do a big haggis dinner, man. With, you know, like you said, like the mashed potatoes, the well, turnips. We don't the,
2: need
0: an excuse. No, need the haggis. it's it's nice. <laughs> we did we did not too long ago as well. But I'm always telling my kids the story about how before Scots moved into Scotland, like the Highlands ran thick with haggis. Right, and there's there's the north, the, the north or the north mountain haggis and the south mountain haggis and the north mountain haggis their their legs are all short on the left side, and the south they're all short on the yep. right side
2: and vice versa. Yep, yep,
0: yeah. So in and their minds, there's can
2: skitter up and down the highlands. That's right. Without too much ado.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, and so in my kids' minds, there's these crazy critters running around the highlands and Scotland. Oh, there's, there's all
2: kind of, There's a whole cottage industry that's um up in scotland that promoting the haggis and the haggis of course is uh it's an animated figure yeah i just bought my brother a haggis whistle <laughs> and it's, uh, it's it's made out of uh clay and if you want to call your haggis use your haggis whistle and uh they'll come running
0: <laughs> maybe we'll have to look for one for the kids
2: yeah, well then, you know, you make sure you have to whack them over the head with a big stick. Yeah. Put them in the
0: oven. So, upcoming recordings. Is there any plans in the in the works for any upco- upcoming recordings? Oh, yes. Um,
2: we're scheduled to go to Nanton, Alberta, to Appledown Studios with okay. Steve Lorry, which is where we recorded Westwinds.
0: Really? And we'll be working on a new album really soon that's fantastic and closing is there anything you'd like to like to say like to tell people about you
2: Why on not man well on behalf
0: of myself and the Will mckenzie's i want to
2: thank you and i want to thank all of our fans for their support and we'll be looking forward to seeing you in the near future